Hey, y'all. So, we're back. I'm back. You're back. We're all back. And guess what? It's season motherfucking two. Ah! (laughs) Thank you for listening again. If you're listening and you don't know what you're listening to, this is Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy Season Motherfucking 2. And can't anybody tell me any motherfucking different about it? Back for another season and I'm here for it. Um, I'm so happy that you're listening. I'm so happy that you're here. If you want to interact with the show, it's still all the same. I haven't changed anything except the shade of my hair. Instead of it being all black, now it's a little peppery. Well, salty. Because there's some grays. The last four, well, eight weeks actually, has been crazy. But it's okay. It's okay. If you want to interact with the show again, still nothing has changed. Feel free to reach out to me on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or hashtag LGBB. And you can reach me or you can reach me by email at lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. I'll be sure to read your emails and I'll keep you anonymous. Um, I do want to address something. I have gotten rid of Facebook Messenger and I really disconnected for social media for a bit. So it was nice to have that break, but now I'm back. So if you do message me, I will read your message. And if it's if it's worth a response, I'm just going to be honest, then I'll respond. Um, but if you're sending me unsolicited dick pics, I am not going to respond to those messages. Just so you know, thank you for deciding to gift me with your balls and an erect dripping penis, but that is not what my uh, podcast email is for. (laughs) If you would like to do that, find me on Twitter on my fake Twitter page. And if you can find my fake Twitter, then boom, we'll be good. Um, Aside from that, y'all, I am so happy to be back. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to catch up on. So let's just get into the shits. So one of the first things that I do want to talk about is I decided to disconnect from social media and social messaging and all the messaging things like Messenger and uh, DMs and Twitters, whatever they do on Twitter and all my conversation groups. I just decided to pull back and get away from everything. Um, In the beginning of December, it was a pretty good time, but it was also a pretty rough time for me and my family. And then on top of that, the pandemic. I mean, like the stress of it, sitting at home in my house. Now, I'm an introvert and I like being alone, but there's a point where it just becomes to this weird, weird, unending depressive state, which is never any good. So it was nice to take a little break, get out of my skin, get out of my house, and just start, you know, just start learning. Just start learning all over again, learning myself and filling out where I am and how I feel about life and where we're going. So it was nice to disconnect. Uh, Christmas was great. New Year's was great. I spent Christmas with family and friends and then New Year's I spent with my person. So sorry, y'all. I am not in a store. I know you probably heard the beeping in the background. It sounds like a store beeper, but it is not. (laughs) So just disregard that. But... 
Um, the holidays were fantastic. And, you know, I like to do a check-in with everybody during your holiday. How was your holiday? If you want to reach out to me, feel free to do so. I know the holidays can be a very hard, 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 hard time, especially for people who are extroverts, especially this year being, you may not have been able to go spend your time with your family, or maybe you're an introvert and holidays just make you depressed. So feel free to check in with me. I want to know how y'all were doing. How was your holiday? Since this little break of you not hearing my whiny nasally voice and having your eardrums bleed because of it, I want to see how you're doing. Now the world may sound differently that you didn't have my voice in your ears. But just think about it. Now that I'm back, you can hear my voice even more with new shit. (laughs) So... That's just a little update about me. Um, Aside from that, if you haven't had a chance to listen to my other podcast with my friend Danny, it's called Yo That's Gay. Please feel free to check it out. It will be available every weekday on Friday. And we talk about sex and the things that go along with sex. So if you want to know how to keep your butt healthy or how to take a dick up the butt, you know, feel free to peruse our little library of content. Um, Also, something coming up, I will be on an episode of another podcast that I really, really, really enjoy. And it's called The The Anything Show with John Francois. Um, I will be on one of his episodes coming up soon. Once we have the promo and everything done, I will make sure to drop it for you and I'll tag myself and anybody else who wants to be tagged in the social media post. So that way you can see it. But John is an amazing podcaster and radio personality and I love listening to him. If you like listening to me, you'll love him even more. I just got to say it that way. And then now our worlds collide and we're going to be on an episode together. I'm very excited about it. Um, Aside from all of that, the things that are coming up, y'all. Let's get into the shits. We got to get into the shit. So since my last recording, we kind of went, we kind of went down like the road of the Hunger Games. But then somewhere in the middle of the Hunger Games, Red Dawn happened. And then after Red Dawn, we got into Mad Max. So... I mean, like every other American who I know is listening to this, you've had to at least have heard about the storming of the Capitol, the insurrection, um, the treasonous, the treasonous twittards <laughs> who attacked the Capitol. And I, I'm sure you had to hear about it. You had to see it. So I want to share with y'all something that I did that I typically do not do, but I just decided to do it. In the last uh, about two to three weeks, um, especially since the storming of the Capitol and everything, I kind of went on a little bit of a rabbit hole plunge and I trolled some of the people who are Trump supporters and the trolling turned into conversations, which never turned into an understanding or us reaching a middle ground, but it also turned into something of, hey, so you know this is fucked up, right? Like, can we at least talk about the fact that this is real, real fucked up? So if you haven't um, delved into some of the things that were there, one, Capitol Riot, what happened? 
first the media was saying this was a protest and people kept saying it's a protest. The Capitol riot was not a protest. It was not a protest. Uh, That was not a protest. A protest is when people are out to fight for social justice, causes, changes that most times, I'm going to say most times, not all times, but most times have a true or an altruistic value behind them. Um, This here, this was just people who were angry, who wanted to kill people, who wanted to assault people, who wanted to destroy property. That's all it was. Um, There was, that's it. That's literally it. They, the thing that gets me is when I was delved into the Trump, uh, the I don't even know what to call it, I, like the Trump sound room, I guess I can call it. Because when I was starting to talk to these people who were saying that the storming of the Capitol was not violent, that it was peaceful, um, that the people who caused the violence were Antifa and Black Lives Matter in disgust in disguise. Um, first thing there, I just, before I can even go any further, Black Lives Matter or BLM is not a person. So you can't say it's Black Lives Matter because you're saying that letters, a phrase, or a quote are what's causing the violence. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I did not see the letters B, the letter L, or the letter M as in Mary down there busting out windows and shouting to hang Mike Pence. I didn't see that. (laughs) I just, I did not see the alphabet out there being alphabet assassins and they're like, let's fuck these hoes up because they don't use us well enough. I didn't see it, didn't hear it. So it, That's one of the first major lies that I came across when I was talking with these people is that they said that all of the violence was because Black Lives Matter and Antifa came down there disguised as Trump loyalists who were going to his, and I'm going to say this in air quotes, a rally, but, you know, unair quoting it, I'm just going to say that this was like a Klan potluck. They were having a Klan potluck and... That's what's going on. So the people who were there, they truly believed that it was Black Lives Matter supporters that were doing all this to the Capitol. But none of that would make sense or even equate to Black Lives Matter. It would be counterproductive to the Black Lives Matter movement to go kill people. We're saying that lives matter, but we're killing people? Just think about that. The next thing, and, you know, I'll go back to my first point. A lot of them were saying that this was meant to be peaceful. This was peaceful and that was it. So I don't know if you saw uh, images from the Capitol, but there was a podium built. And on the podium, there was a noose where you could hang somebody from to execute them. Now, I know my definition of peaceful and my definition of peaceful does not include a noose or a podium to hang people from. But then I had to remember I was talking to people who have supported the mango madness nightmare that we had in the White House. So, you know, to them, this probably was peaceful. It was peaceful because the podium was the podium of peace and the noose was the noose of unity and neutrality. 
Um, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to hang you out of unity and we will all stand around you as a unified front to watch you hang. That's what those things were. I just, uh... so I delved further. I delved even further and I started talking and commenting on people who were watching live feeds on Twitter or just live feeds wherever they were on the internet. And I was just commenting like, this isn't Black Lives Matter. We would not do this. Anybody who's a part of the Black Lives Matter movement or supports it, this is completely the opposite of what we would do because we know that you have done that to us at protest. It has been documented and proven with film audio and witness accounts that there were people undercover who were a part of the Proud Boys, the 3%, the Boogaloo Boys, who came down there to cause that thing to happen and say that the Black Lives Matter protests were violent when they really were not. So it's just interesting to see. But even when I brought that to their forefront, like, hey, so you do realize that this is the same lie that y'all told about a protest that you weren't at. Now you're telling the same lie about a protest that you were at. It makes no sense. It just makes no sense. Um, but when I was talking with them, the things that really got me that I didn't understand is that there isn't much solid evidence or proof behind anything that they say. It's all rhetoric that comes from these obscure forums online, YouTube, and or miscellaneous Google searches for anything. I got to tell y'all, Google is not a reliable source for information. I am not a reliable source for information because I always paraphrase and I quote things that I have read, but it is not my job to present all the information to you. I would prefer that as you listen to me, you research on your own and go to verified sources of your own. So that way you always have a well-rounded view of whatever information that you're bringing in. Unfortunately, these people who are down at the Capitol, they are in a sound room. And I'm pretty sure I'm using the term wrong, but I say sound room as it's soundproof so they can only hear what they say and they can only receive the information that they want to receive as opposed to the outside. Now, <clears throat> for myself, I, and I have already said this on multiple episodes, even in the first season, so don't get thrown by it. But if you're a new listener and you get thrown by it, that's on you. So you have to figure it out for yourself. But I used to be a deep state believer. I used to be heavily into conspiracy theories like the Illuminati, um, the uh, cabals that were supposed to be in place and like secret societies and all these things. Now, while we know secret societies do exist, um, Skull and Bones would be one. And that's at a college. I forgot what college. I want to say it was Yale or something. Um, and I know George Bush, one of the presidents, was a part of it. But those are like fraternal orders and things. When I started to get deep into that, the deep conspiracy and Alex Jones and those like far, far out there people, I never got into QAnon, uh, but it's along the lines of QAnon, where they believe that everybody who's in charge is satanically driven, satanically powered. They do satanic rituals. And, you know, just as a caveat to all of it, 
if they are doing all these satanic things, they make it look pretty damn fun. Those masquerade parties look awesome. I would go to one right away. Um, but as I just looked back at my own life when I was in that space, I believed all of it. It was because that was the only source of information that I was bringing into my head. I was only going to Infowars.com. I was only listening to Alex Jones. I was only listening to people who echoed the same exact thing that he was saying. So that was all I believed. That was literally all I believed. I didn't believe anything else. And my belief didn't get shaken until I saw the movie Elysium. And I'll break it down real quickly. I was watching an episode of InfoWars, the TV show that uh, Alex Jones does. And he's talking about the movie Elysium. And if you're not familiar with Elysium, it's a science fiction movie. I forgot what year it came out. I want to say it was 2010 or 2011, something like that. And in the movie, Earth is pretty much destroyed. A lot of people, well, rich people, a majority of who are white, moved off of the planet into a floating space station called Elysium. When I hadn't seen the movie, I listened to Alex Jones do a review of the movie, and he said that this movie is terrible. It's promoting a race war because only Mexicans and people of color are on Earth and only white people are up in space, which is kind of like heaven at that point. And they're promoting a race war. They're saying that Mexicans are the saviors of the world and that nobody else deserves to be saved and that all white people are bad and all these things. So then I went and saw the movie. Now, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you, but if you haven't seen it by this time, the answers are already all out there. But when I went and watched the movie, the first thing that I noticed, the main character is Brad Pitt. Not Brad Pitt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon is the main character, a white man who is living on Earth. I had to go back and wrap my head around that when I first saw the movie. I was like, wait, I thought only Latino people or Mexican people were supposed to be on Earth. So why is Matt Damon the main character living on Earth? And then I started watching the movie even more. And I noticed... There is no lie in this movie. They're talking about the people who are on Earth who were impoverished, poor, overworked, underpaid, live on the basic meager things to live, and most of them can't even afford the health care that they need to survive. That's reality. That is uh, America. That, that is America. That is reality. Uh, We are one of the only few countries that I know of where people who work, who are making a basic living, who make minimum wage, still have to decide if they can pick up a medication or buy food. We still live in a society where people will choose to super glue a cut closed or staple it or stitch it themselves at home because they can't afford the doctor bills that are going to be associated with that or pay their electricity. These are all the same things that are happening in Elysium. And then the rich people, the people with all the money, they moved into space. They have all the food they could ever want. They have a machine that will heal any physical ailment they could possibly have. 
And the ruling body up there has said, no, the people on Earth can't have access to technology. They're poor. Even though the technology costs no money to use. So after I listened to his critique and then watched the movie, I was like, hang on. My world is fracturing here. Somebody's telling me a lie. And I know that my science fiction movies don't tell me a lie in the fact of, hey, this shit is actually a reflection about real life as opposed to being a race war. The movie was not a race war. But Alex Jones Media was promoting a race war. And that was my wake-up moment. So I say all that to say, these people who stormed the Capitol, who went crazy, this does not excuse their behavior but they are tied up in almost like a brainwashing that is going to take a serious effort to break or it's going to take a catalyzing moment like me seeing Alicia myself and not listening to somebody tell me about it to snap out of it. They have to snap out of it at some point. And some of them have now that they realize that uh, the cheating Cheeto is no longer in the White House. Some of them started to realize it before the election. Some of them realized it after the election results, and some of them still don't realize it. And some of the ones who don't realize it are still in the Senate. Let's just be honest about it. Some of these senators are just as dangerous as the people who are walking through the hallways of the Capitol screaming, hang Mike Pence. They are. I think I'll digress there. I think I've given you crazy people enough of my time. I can't even say you're crazy because that's an insult to anybody who defines themselves as crazy. Uh, I even know what to call you. you QAnons or whatever. Now, one thing that I do want to say, this is not going away. Uh, The forums and these people talking, they're still happening. So it is our job as people who know the truth, who believe in the truth, real facts, real science, and real evidence to just stay diligent. Don't let those things fall to the wayside. Don't argue with these people. Don't fight with these people. Don't even give them your time of day. But if they want to sit down and have a full conversation that's just you talking, good. But if you don't even want to do that and you just want to sit back and enjoy the fact that you know you're not crazy, go ahead. That's what I would do. That's how I would say deal with those individuals. All right, y'all. I got a little ran out. But let's take a little break, come on back, and there'll be more. All right, y'all, we're back. So another thing that I want to talk about, um, this was something that was in my inbox, and I appreciate y'all sending this to me. Very, very nice. A few people asked me about my gaming lately and my anime watching lately. Uh, And I have been doing both. I have been doing a lot of both. Uh, Game therapy to me, playing a video game, watching anime, it can be very, very calming to my spirit. And then, you know, when I get the real angers, like the angry, angry, I need something like Hannibal or a good, scary fucking movie to calm me down. But I have been playing 
the Mario All-Stars collection um, that includes Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. They're not new games to me. Maybe they may be new to you. If you have never played Super Mario 64, I suggest you play it. It is a fantastic game, has aged very, very well, and it took me right back to my childhood playing the game. Uh, Mario Sunshine, I have never played before I got it on my Switch. And it is a fun, fun game. I'm probably going to play more after I finish recording. Uh, Mario Sunshine, it's the concept of water and dirtiness and you're cleaning these things with the water and the enemies are all inky and bad. I love it. I love water-based weapons in the first place. So to have a weapon on Mario that is water-based, but on top of that, you can still jump on people, kick them and everything else. It's a pretty fun game. Um, now, I've only gotten... Seven or ten stars. I don't quote me on it just yet. I gotta turn the game back on and see. Um, but it is fantastic for a game. I suggest you play it. And if you like how clear blue water looks, how it can relax you, the game has animated water and beaches very, very well. Just check it out if you get a chance. Um, also, Mario Galaxy. Uh, now, Mario Galaxy, I beat at least 40 times in my life already. So playing Mario Galaxy is just tons of fun. I get my space fix because I love space. I get my video game fix, well, because it's a video game. And then on top of that, I just get to play around with Mario. Mario is always super fun. So this whole game, it's a whole fix. Um, I do suggest that you get the game if you like Mario. I suggest you just get the All-Stars Edition. It's very beautiful. It's super cute. You'll enjoy it. Um, aside from that, I've been playing a lot, a lot, a lot of Cuphead. I love Cuphead. I think it's a great game as well. Uh, Cuphead is probably one of the hardest games that I've ever played. It's like a platformer 2D shooter in third person or fourth person, probably. However you look at it, it is a fun game. Um, it's called Cuphead. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Just check it out. If you have not heard of it, I know that it's on Xbox and I know that it's on the Switch. I do not know if it's on PlayStation yet, but it's definitely worth the buy. And aside from that, anime. Anime, anime, anime. <clears throat> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You've been warned. Attack on Titan. Spoiler alert. Okay, that's enough time for you to get through it if you didn't want to hear. The new season of Attack on Titan, the final season, is fucking amazing. It is so good. We are getting uber character development. We're getting a whole different side of the Attack on Titan saga. We're seeing everything that's happening on the mainland and not happening behind the walls in paradise. I am super excited. We saw the Warhammer Titan Go do her thing. I love the Warhammer Titan. It was beautiful. Um, and then we saw the epic death of the war the, the Warhammer Titan. It, when I say I watched both of the last two episodes, episodes six and seven of this last season, at least 20 times, I'm no, no joke. They're so good. The action is fantastic. The episodes before and the build up to the action, it's a little slow. You got to stick with it, but it's 
good. It starts the same way the first season of Attack on Titan started. And what I love about it is the first season of Attack on Titan, it starts with our main character, Aaron Yeager, crying in a field with his hand raised in the air. And the same thing happens to this new main character that they've introduced in the last season, who is the exact opposite of Aaron. He's still a weak child, but he's the opposite of the side that he is with the part of the army and the military that wants to kill Aaron. They want to take back the founding Titan. And it's so good. So, 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 so good. Uh, and then I've also been watching Jujutsu Kaisen. Great show. I'm only six episodes in. And it's a bop. Curses, fighting, and all these other things combined together make a great anime. They make it beautiful. So I can't wait to watch the rest of that. Um, yeah. I hope that answers you guys' questions. You just want to know what I've been getting into as far as anime. It's been pretty fun. It's been delicious. Every time I watch an episode, it's like yum food for my brain. And I'm here for it. Here for it. So another thing that we have to get caught up on I have been reading your letters that y'all have been sending in. I appreciate all the kind words that I got with them. And then we got some questions too. So I'm not going to read every single question that we got in the inbox. There's a lot. So as I do more episodes for this new season, I will always try to pick at least one question in the inbox to answer per episode, if not more. All right? So I got a question and... This question was, it was very good. It was a very, very good question. So the question of the day that we're going to read, this came from Dwayne. And Dwayne said, I have a friend whose father is 65 years old and is now dating another friend of mine. That's my best friend. My best friend is 35 years old. I'm also friends with her friend who happens to be his daughter. His daughter has told me that her father wants her to treat his new girlfriend almost like a stepmother. Can you please help me out? Some advice, some suggestions. How can we handle the situation and what information can I give to my friend? So thank you, Dwayne, for sending in your letter. Um... This one here, I was reading it and it stuck out to me because it happened in a moment where, while I was on my little break, I had to remind myself that I'm a grown-ass man. And I had to remind somebody else that I'm a grown-ass man. And you can't tell me what I'm about to do no matter who you are. So in this situation, one, to your friend. Your friend, your father is dating a woman who is about your age is what I'm assuming. And he's living his best life. She's living her best life. And they must be good together because I didn't see any objection to the actual relationship in your question. So if they're doing good together, good for them. That's fantastic. But as far as you, that's not your mom. That's not your mom. That's not your stepmom. They're dating. They're not even married. So she doesn't even have the title of wife to him yet. So as far as addressing her or treating her like she's your stepmom, my answer is flat out no. And 
I know it's causing your friend turmoil and strife because she wouldn't have reached out to you if that was the case. But I, I, as me as a person, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that because one, she and I are friends and we're almost the same age. I know her more than I know you because she and I have been friends. She was an optional choice in my life. You were not optional. You were actually my blood father. So I'm not going to treat her like she's my stepmother. I'm going to keep treating her like she's my friend. And y'all going to keep fucking and doing whatever y'all doing. And that's not going to change a single damn thing. Now, to your friend, I would suggest have your friend take her dad and sit down with him. Sit down with him and say, we need to have a conversation right now. Because this is something I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do this. This is not disrespectful to you as a parent. To me, this is disrespectful as my adult life as an individual. That you're expecting that I'm going to treat a person who was already my friend on a friend level as if they're my stepmother. No, 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 no. That might have been different had we been different ages altogether. Let's say I was 10 and my dad was 65 and he married a 35-year-old and he asked me to treat her like a stepmother. As long as we are good, I'm going to treat her like she's a stepmother. But that's because I'm a 10-year-old child. As a grown-ass adult, no, ma'am, no, thank you. I will not be doing that. So I would tell your friend, have a conversation with their dad. Tell them to sit down with their dad and air out exactly how they feel about how they feel and why they will not be calling that person their stepmother or treating them as if they're a stepmother. See, <clears throat> now, I don't know your race, um, but if this is a black family dynamic, a lot of times as black children, we're brought up that no matter what your parent does, they are always right. No matter what your parent does, you never talk back. No matter what your parent does, you don't express how you feel about what they did because you are the child and you need to stay in that place of obedience and respect and not talk to them about it. I have to call bullshit on that. As a child, yes, you are meant to respect your parents. As an adult, you are still meant to respect your parents, but respect is a two-way street. And as a child, your mind was moldable. You didn't know the ins and out. You couldn't even fully fathom or think of the full consequences of your actions. But as an adult, you can. And as an adult, it's okay to say to your parents, hey, I'm not about this. I am not about this and I will explain to you why. I'll still do it respectfully, but as an adult, I am choosing to remove myself from the situation. Or as an adult, I'm telling you no. We don't always have to tell our parents yes. We do not. They may get upset by it. They may try to pull out the card for you, especially if you're in a black family. I brought you into this world, so what I say goes. And if you don't do it, I'll take you out. It's an empty threat. (laughs) It is an empty threat from a parent. And even with it being an empty threat, it's one of those things that I hope that you and your friend can get to a place with her dad that he understands She's allowed to have her opinions and right and feelings of situation. Because if you don't talk with your dad, you don't have the conversation, this can easily lead to a buildup of resentment towards him and even your friend who's dating him. This could literally build and build and build when it doesn't have to. 
Right now, you've already been in the base part of it to say, hey, he's expecting me to treat her like a stepmother. But you're not. I, I can sense it. You're not. And if you don't have the conversation with him, he's going to think that you agreed to treat this woman like your stepmother. And then when he sees you're not treating her like your stepmother, that's going to cause a rift between you and him. So one of the best things to do is just be open, honest about it and say, hey, let's talk about why I'm not going to do this and go from there. Um, that's going to be my advice or my suggestion. Now, I am not in professional. I am not a mental health professional. So I would always advise you ask maybe somebody who's qualified like a therapist or even do what's best in your own heart. Take my advice as a grain of salt because I'm not in the situation. I do appreciate you for asking, but I am not in the situation and I know what I would do, but I don't know if what I would do would be the way you would do it or if it would be as beneficial to you if you went a different route for yourself. But thank you, Dwayne, for sending that in. Um, oh, Dwayne, I'm sorry. I just realized I was misgendering you. I hope I I apologize if I did. Uh, that was not my goal. So I had another question here that I thought was another good one. And this one, it stuck out to me because it was just like a a very, a very... I'm going to say a thought-provoking question. Um, and it just says, how are you currently preparing yourself to have a long-term relationship with another man of color in terms of mind, body, soul, spirit, finances, along with so much more? Um, so this one, this was a question that I picked because it made me think and the part that made me think, so in terms of preparing myself for a relationship, my mind, I have been in therapy for years. I am working through my situations, especially with my past relationships and experiences. So that way I don't bring that baggage along and take it out on my partner. I mean, as men of color, black men, we're already going to have it hard enough just because of how we look. And then being gay black men on top of that, it's magnified even more because we're already ostracized in our own community. And then on top of that, the straight world looks at us like we're just crazy, no matter if you're black or white. And then the white world looks as crazy because we happen to be black men. So therapy is super important to build a strong mind. So that way, when I step out into this world with my partner, I know that we're going to be good because I have the tools to prepare for anything that could come at me. Um, the next one, body. How am I preparing my body for a relationship? I'm not preparing my body for the relationship with another man. I'm preparing my body for myself. So, you know, eating healthier, working out, cutting back on sugar, cutting back on salts and things that can be bad or detrimental to my health. I'm working on those because I... Once I find my partner, you're my partner. Like, I, I love hard. I'm very loyal. Once I find my partner, that's it. So I want to make sure that I am comfortable and healthy myself to have the longest life that I can with that person. Um, that would be my main focus. Now, as far as soul and spirit, um, 
I don't really know what to say there because I just feel like mind and body already accompany that. Um, so I don't really have anything that I'm preparing to do there for that. And then as finances, one of my things for finance is I don't believe you should be dating somebody if you don't have the ability to maintain your own household. So I'm making sure that I can maintain my household. Now I've been doing it myself for almost two decades now. So to me, it's nothing new, but I want to make sure that financially I'm stable for a relationship because if a relationship does get serious, finances will come into play with it. If we decide to move in together or if we decide to go on vacation together or if we decide to get married, finances and debt are going to be something that's very important to address. So I started going to credit counseling services to make sure that I've got all my bills or anything that was passed due on my credit paid for. And then I'm also building my credit as I do this. I actually learned what it is to get a credit card, make a purchase and have a purchase history and payment history on your credit history. It builds your credit score. So that's where I'm kind of at there. Um, Hopefully at some point, uh, you know, the right man will either step up (laughs) if he's already here or come along if he's not here and we'll see what happens. But at this point in my life, I am ready. I'm ready. And I haven't been able to say that, but I am ready for a relationship. So we'll see what happens. Um, But thank y'all for sending in those two questions. I truly appreciate those coming in. Again, there's going to be so many more that I'm going to read, especially with this new season. You will at least get one letter every episode. Now, there is one last thing that I want to talk about. And that's going to be the motherfucking inauguration. I have to stand for Michelle Obama for a minute. Michelle Obama came out here and this burgundy outfit and was sitting and her hair. Oh my God, it looks so beautiful. So I love Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama, if you were into it, I would love for you to be the next president of the United States, be the first female president of the United States, be the first black female president of the United States. I would be very, 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 very happy about that. She'd have my vote right away in a heartbeat. But at this damn inauguration, she came out just with this walk, And this hair and curls bouncing and so luscious and full. And in this burgundy pea coat with a burgundy turtleneck and a high-waisted trouser. (sighs) She looked beautiful. She looked beautiful. Kamala Harris came out in, I think it was like a purplish blue. Because my television changed the hue of it a few different times. But it looked purple in some lights. It looked blue in the other lights. But she had this beautiful coat on, this beautiful dress. And just out there looking great on that dais. Like, I am here, you bitches. Bow down. They both look fantastic. Um, The inauguration itself, I thought was great. I love watching the inaugurations when they happen. Um, The last one, period. (laughs) Period. That's all I'm going to say. It was fucking terrible. Uh, And it wasn't just because it was the person who got inaugurated. I just was not a fan of some of the vocal acts and stuff. But this was really good. Lady Gaga had a great time singing. Jennifer Lopez had a fantastic time singing. Um, 
And they, you know, there were some other things. But one of the things that I love the most that I don't know if many people heard or if you did hear it, uh, you've got a good ear. But the church bells that were playing in the background when Joe Biden was being inaugurated, they were playing the Black National Anthem. Church bells were playing the Black National Anthem as he was giving his inaugural speech. And I'm very happy that they were playing that because I feel church bells, bells, they're such a pure sounding instrument. They produce this pure, beautiful, brassy, metallic sound that echoes and it vibrates through your entire body. And that power of the Black National Anthem, it was in those bells. It was something that just made my heart pitter-patter. It made me happy. I smiled. I cheesed. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. So I don't even know why I went on that rant about it, but it was beautiful. It was great. Uh, Now I'm excited to see where uh, this trash country is going to go. Joe Biden is not going to be the savior of this country. Uh, Joe Biden will not be the savior of the people. But so far... At least some of his executive orders that have been issued and put out and some of his uh, news conferences that he's done have been uh, very, they made me feel hopeful. They made me feel hopeful that what was happening in the last four years as far as in the White House is going to stop. And hopefully this can transition out of the White House And let's start holding these people accountable who are white supremacists. Get them out. Get them dealt with or whatever. Not in violence ways. I'm not encouraging violence or anything like that. But let's let's expose all these people for who they are. Because once they're exposed, then the healing can happen. We can't have unity without there being accountability first. So we need accountability for the people who have done, said, and have perpetrated these horrible acts that have happened over the last four years. But then we also need to move forward as a unified front and actually make this country great because it has never been great. This country has never been great. It has never been the greatest country in the world. That is something that the American ego is just going to have to take on the chin and understand that it is not the end of the world that this country was not always great because it wasn't. It was founded on the slavery of black people. It was founded on the murder and rape and horrible torture that black people suffered. So this country was never great, but we do have a chance to get to greatness. And I hope that we can get there or I hope that this can at least be the beginning of the road to greatness. All right, y'all. That is going to wrap up the first episode of season two. I hope you let the season and marinate in your ears, in your body, so you get nice and juicy. And then, you know, spread and share it with friends, family, or whoever the likes. I thank y'all all for listening. I thank you for all of your support over the years. I can't even say just how happy I am to be here in this moment. Going on to my third year of podcasting. I think this is my third year of podcasting. I'm excited to see where the future goes and to see what it holds. So I hope y'all keep listening. Give me a rating on whatever social media or 
I uh, or podcast platform you're listening on, leave me a comment. Give me five stars because without you, I can't keep recording the show. And I'm so happy to do it every time I get a chance. I will talk with y'all next week. Shows are going to start premiering every Monday. So you can start your week with me. Bye.